Alright guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast, presented by Punch Points. I'm your host, Clay Bubble, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, after going through half of our division previews, at this point in the season, or at this point in the offseason, as we get ready for the season, um, now we turn our attention to fantasy football, because we always know, Dylan, I always turn the discussion back there somehow, some way, um, and so now we're going to do what we do every year, and we kind of go into our two-part fantasy football uh, primer for the 2022 season. Uh, that'll be our next couple episodes here, and then we will finish up with the uh, the rest of the division previews and, of course, our Super Bowl picks and all that before the regular season gets started. But uh, always a fun one here, Dylan, as we kind of break down the different tiers, uh, what we kind of classify as Tier 1 players, you know, at the, at the top positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then our favorite uh, part of the, the discussion turns to our breakout candidates, people we think that, um, you know, you should take that chance on. Uh, doesn't They don't always work out, but uh, some of them do, and uh, we'll see if that's the case again this season. Yeah, we've talked about our breakouts a little bit. I think they might have changed as we get into camp, hearing way more things, and you know, also yeah. one preseason game. Not that a lot of possible breakout candidates are even playing much, but yeah, um, definitely always enjoy doing the fantasy stuff. It helps me prepare for my own drafts by uh, doing these episodes itself, so always a good time. And yeah, the breakout candidates are always a fun part. I'm glad we're cutting off the tier one at, at five players because and i'm sure we will get into we have talked about that next tier that's where it's a little a little tougher we kind of talked about that in one of our other fantasy episodes but for the top five maybe it's harder to to pick um, a cutoff on some uh, maybe a receiver for example there's just so many guys it's such a stack position but i think with some of the other ones uh, i feel a little better about my my tiers where i might uh, cut them off and not feel too bad because i just have a little uncertainty about guys past five six seven of being a tier one you still can be a big fantasy contributor obviously but and some guys maybe rise into these uh, higher tiers based on how they uh, over the course of the year how their usage goes up and different things that happen but um, at the moment yeah i feel pretty good about the the groups we have here yep i think so too and so let's jump in because there will be a lot of players i'm sure we discuss in this episode uh, especially uh once we get into the the breakout candidates list we go all across the board on that, but let's start with the quarterbacks uh, in terms of our tier one uh, discussion here, and um, I think this one's pretty clear cut to me. I mean, I, I think there's an there's an obvious top four, and I think we've probably talked about this before in terms of if you're just looking at it from a fantasy perspective. Which again, this entire episode, the next episode, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at fantasy numbers here. I mean, Josh Allen is the consensus number one quarterback. I think uh, fantasy wise, no one's going to disagree with that. Um, then you're talking Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think you know those four. I, I think are complete locks. Like there, there's no way you're having this discussion and not putting those four guys in there. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think that's where it gets interesting, yeah. right? Because to me, and this may be, I don't think it's that surprising. But the the next guy I would put in line if we had the you know if we had a hard cutoff at five, the next guy I would put in line would be Jalen Hurts. I would put him mm-hmm. ahead of Kyler Murray. I'd put him ahead of Joe Burrow. Um, and I really think that's kind of the group. And, and I think there's a guy in Dak who is probably a little bit further down than maybe you would expect. I think I'm looking at fantasy pros here and in terms of the yep. um, the rankings. He's at 10. I think I'd move Dak up a little bit. Um, I, I think there's more potential there, possibly, for, for what he could bring to the table. But again, it's like if you are going to move him up, you're moving him up in front of, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, and like that's where maybe it becomes a little more difficult. But 
I think that again, if, if I'm going to make my list and cut it off at five, those first four, there's no chance I'm, I'm moving any of those guys outside of the, the, those four. But the guy I'd probably put fifth in a in a group of you know pretty talented quarterbacks that are going to put up numbers. Uh, we know what Burrow's going to be able to do. I think Brady's a little more questionable, and I say that knowing the weapons he has around him. But I mean, look, we've seen right like the offensive line and those kind of things. So. Um, I think I put Jalen Hurts at five on my list. Yeah, I, I, it, the top four, like you said, it, it's pretty easy. These guys all have the ability to run. Uh, they all have the ability to score touchdowns, rushing touchdowns when they get down inside the five, inside the ten, in the red zone in general. So, I mean, just the different number, like all the different ways they can rack up fantasy points for Josh Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Lamar are just. Uh, it's pretty easy to put them up as your top four in this tier one. The question, I guess, is when you might get these guys in the draft and how high you want to to pull uh, to pull on taking your QB. If you yeah. don't want to worry about it, I understand for sure. It's a, it's nice to have that guy kind of in your back pocket. Like you said, after after the top four, though, in terms of the week to week consistency, and I know Lamar had some weeks last year where things did not work out well, hoping to see a big bounce back, obviously, with their offensive line in a better place, uh, which Rashad Bateman hopefully they're healthy for a full season with all the, you know, that so many running backs that went down and they had the, it was tough trusting those guys in the blocking game and just different things they had to do. I think um, you'll see Lamar probably be more consistent. But after that, I do, with guys like Brady, obviously, he's not going to be racking up the rushing yards, but he still has so many weapons, still puts up a ton of points. I wouldn't necessarily put him at five, but I think maybe if you're looking at like a variance kind of thing if, if you're concerned about your week-to-week uh, performance because there are there were plenty of weeks last year where uh, Jalen Hurts or Dak had just rough outings um, so maybe that's a consideration um, I think Joe Burrow definitely has consideration for that fifth spot if I was picking between the few I, I would probably you know assuming that uh, more of the players in my leagues are going to take Kyler or Jalen a little higher maybe I feel good about waiting a bit longer getting that receiver running back before Burrow at, uh, as in that next spot but um, for the fifth spot I you know I would say Kyler except for DeAndre Hopkins being out those first six weeks and the number the splits with Kyler's yeah. uh, performance when he's out there and when he's not and now I mean for all the things we've said about Christian Kirk and that contract in Jacksonville he also you know had some pretty big numbers good good at separating and helping Kyler too last year uh, ultimately had a pretty good year and he's not there anymore um, so yeah I, I'll tend you know it would be a little bit going against what I've talked about with the Eagles already and uh, the weapons that the Eagles have added and just Jalen's ability to rush uh, not that Kyler obviously Kyler racks up tons of rushing yards but I think Jalen built into that offense so much it's him running the football I think he's going to have some better passing numbers so I think I agree with you I think that's my five um, but I think there is maybe if it was only a four-player tier I'd be fine with it being uh, Josh Allen Herbert Mahomes Jackson and then um, you have place Hurts maybe at the top of tier two along with those guys you mentioned I think Dak could be in that range for sure um, I still think Aaron Rodgers probably deserves to be a lot higher than number yeah. 12, as I see him here. Um, doesn't run like well, he used to. The quarterback group, Derek, Derek Carr's at 15. I'd be perfectly happy with Derek yep. Carr at 15. Um, to be honest with you, and this is going to sound crazy, I'd be fine with Trevor Lawrence at 18. Like I think that yeah. they're going to throw the ball a lot. So I, I don't think you're – this is, again, this is like a strategy thing, right? It's what's your strategy? Do you, do you want you want to just you know lock in one of these top quarterbacks and just forget about it and have zero worries outside of an injury? Or, you know, I think, honestly, Dylan, more to what I'm looking at here, like, sure, I'd love to have Josh Allen because, you know, I had him last year. I won the league. That was great. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, again, would look at it and say if I'm in a drafting position and I'm sitting there and seeing these guys gone and I'm, and I'm kind of deciding, all right, do I want to get 
you know, do I want to get Lamar or do I go out and get a, you know, whatever, running back or wide receiver that's also at the top of that tier? I think that's pretty easy for me because then I'm looking down the rest of the list here. I'm like, well, I could wait another, you know, however many picks yeah. and get Derek Carr or, or, like you said, if Aaron Rodgers at 12 on the list, like, I'm good with that. So um, I think that's what's interesting about this this tier one quarterback discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you. I, if you've listened to us talk about fantasy in past seasons, you've probably heard me go on about my own philosophy with quarterbacks is definitely to wait until uh, those kind of rounds Joe Burrow worked out pretty well for me last year I, I did almost take Trevor Lawrence is right in that same range and that uh, would have been dicey but I, I do agree with what you said about Trevor this year I think uh, just a whole different setup there with Doug Peterson and some of the weapons they've added and how he's looked and even some of the offensive linemen they got I, I think obviously this one preseason game but Etienne being back in there looked uh, like pretty explosive and yeah I think with uh, all those weapons, I think he can definitely have some value. But in terms of yeah, draft strategy, I'm always the one that waits because these guys, even the top, t- like outside of the top tier guys, and then you are costing yourself a running back or receiver, and maybe that's worth it sometimes. But yeah. um, the, outside of those few guys, like there, there's just not a huge separation in the fantasy points. Like you don't have to be the best actual quarterback when we talk about our top. 10 like actual quarterbacks there's a big difference between that and fantasy play obviously that's there's a reason that Aaron Rodgers is at number 12 here even Tom Brady towards the back half of of the top 10 but um so yeah I think your strategy at that point is probably just find value feel good about you want a consistent guy that puts up a solid amount of points you don't need him probably to your quarterback necessarily in fantasy to win you every game but uh, I don't blame people that also don't want to worry about that you don't want to take that kind of not dice roll necessarily but feel like all right is trevor lawrence going to be really a uh you know put up the a top 10 kind of s fantasy number uh, performance like you think he might be able to from the quarterback position compared to just plugging josh allen in there and being like you know what i i'm gonna have some monster numbers pretty much every week and feel pretty good about it yeah i i think you're in any either strategy you go in i think you should be fine with the quarterback situation as long as you just don't forget that you have to have a quarterback um then you should be fine so I don't think you are, though, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, running backs maybe a little more interesting here as we look at this group and kind of picking our, our Tier 1. I mean, I think the this is another one where I kind of look at this group and I think there's kind of a cutoff range here um, that's not that huge. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor clearly I think is going to be your your number one guy for a lot of people. Derrick Henry is going to be right there with him, uh, although you know, Dylan, I always have my questions about the Titans and what they can do, but the problem I think for the Titans is that they're going to have to run Derrick Henry uh, perhaps even more this year, um, which is both a scary thought in a positive and negative way, uh, I suppose. But mm-hmm. um, beyond that, I'll be honest. Like I, I think Austin Eckler. You, you know me. I this from the start. Like I, every year, I promise. Like I feel like every time I played fantasy since Austin Eckler's been in the league, I've had him on my team, um, and more often than not, it works out pretty well because he's just a guy who can do a variety of things and. Now that we know what the Chargers offense is capable of and um, having Justin Herbert there, there's just, I think there's so many ways they can use him. Uh, but, you know, too, I think it's, we talked about how tough that division is going to be and those kind of things, and you have to factor that in. But I I still think he's someone that um, you're talking about, especially PPR, he's a no-brainer, uh, I think, to, to have him there. And then I think there's that group of, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, um, probably Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. Yeah, Najee Harris. If you want to put him, I you know me. I'm. I think Najee Harris is a great player, but I just, I don't, I don't, I just. There's too many unknowns with the Steelers' offense for me to put him into this tier. I just don't think I could do that. Even though I think that again, we talk about opportunity. Opportunity is going to be available, but 
I just don't love the Steelers' offense uh, heading into the season. So that worries me a little bit. Um, you know, again, this is one where I, I think there's – I would probably put Harris at eighth of that group I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say I'd, I'd – I don't know, though. Like, I, I kind of look at him as he's, – he's there, like, in that second group of guys probably, but I just think that he would maybe be the last guy I would consider. But really, to me, like, I think this is a discussion of – do you think guys like McCaffrey or, or Dalvin Cook are going to all of a sudden go in reverse or, mm-hmm. you know, the injury situation, right? Those are kind of things that we've seen. And I think that's the question you're asking yourself here when it comes to, you know, if you have the, the duo of Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb uh, behind a, an Eckler, a Cook, a McCaffrey, those kind of guys, you know, how are you kind of valuing that, I think, is, is probably the way you look at it. Because I – I tend to feel like the sure things to me of this top group. I mean, I think it's Taylor. I think Derrick Henry, like I said, it's just hard to not see him in that position. Um, even if people do realize the Titans won't be able to pass well, um, I still think Derrick Henry will get his numbers. I'd probably put Dalvin Cook next. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'd still put Eckler, like I said. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm hesitating on Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if it's just the injury stuff or the quarterback situation, right, those kind of things. Um yeah, I think that's probably where I'm at, kind of with that group right now. I, I mean, I understand it. It's, it's just that. How much do you want to risk? It's like it, you're kind of in situations where it's like you probably feel like you have to take him because if he does stay healthy, yeah. what it could mean for you. But then if he gets hurt, it's like you're just completely. And especially in your, if you're in a league with like four, I'm in leagues of 14 players, and it, you, it there's just not as many guys to help replace those yeah. kind of things. If you get your top pick, you get a we've seen in, with Saquon in, in years past and with McCaffrey, obviously these guys get hurt and you're just in such trouble unless you really hit on like you know I'm looking down the list. Maybe uh, I could he's not that far down, but at 13, Javante Williams. Maybe that's the kind of guy by the end of the yeah. year we look at him as a top five fantasy running back but unless you hit on them that's the part i don't blame you at all with mccaffrey i I place him in the tier because of what he his game to game production what he does in the passing game no matter if you're in standard ppr half ppr whatever it is like he's he's so valuable in all of them when he's on the field his expected yards above uh when he's taking carries too i mean he for his size he's really uh, able to run through guys and gets extra yards and does all the things you'd want from a fantasy running back. He just needs to be on the field. It's it's tough because uh, he's just such a such a huge fantasy star when he's there. So I, I'd maybe put him, if I'm drafting number two overall, I mean, I might be, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at a receiver. Uh, uh, just yeah. be, uh, Maybe I'm taking one of those, like a Cooper Cup. Um, uh, it just depends on kind of your own mindset. But I don't know. It's, it's kind of... I know his value is so so important, and maybe I'd probably or I'd probably still say it a running back with a Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, like you said. I feel a bit better about Dalvin's health. I know he has struggled with it, but he's played through yeah. some injuries. hasn't missed as many games consistently as McCaffrey. Obviously, Derrick missed a lot of games too. Do wonder um, in that offense, uh, the offensive line maybe not as as good as we've as we've seen Tennessee's. Maybe they they proved me wrong with that. Maybe I still think they're solid, but don't know if they're as uh, as strong of a unit as they have been in recent years. Honestly, might put Austin Eckler at number two as where I where I might be ta- I might be willing to take him with my second pick. I, I really do think his value and how they're going to be using him and how they do use him and what he's meant. Another guy that's not huge but gets a lot of yards after contact, breaks a lot of tackles. I think he's his value this year, maybe on too high, uh, the, the 
thing about expectations with the Chargers, they tend to bite you in, in general, maybe with the team more than fantasy uh, players. But um, I think I might place them at number two. Then I might go. I might go Dalvin, Derek, McCaffrey. I don't know. That might sound yeah, controversial. This might be not necessarily. You know, if we assume they're on the field the whole season, then I'm putting McCaffrey at number two behind Taylor. Uh, don't even. I haven't even mentioned the top running back. I mean, I feel like it's a, just a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. It's um, and then uh, Eckler probably or Cook at three, four, and Derek. I mean, it's it's tough to really put one over the other. I think Najee Harris, like you said, I maybe put him a bit higher. Um, if the off- if I felt a little bit better about what the quarterback situation is going to look like um, in the offensive line, we talked about that in the AFC North preview. Just not convinced exactly that across the board that unit is uh, going to be able to to put Najee in the best situations, carry and carry out. He's going to get the opportunities, as we know. So that's the one big thing. But I feel good about that uh, that top five group um, in terms of guys that like maybe could crack into it. I mentioned. Uh, Javante Williams um, by the end of season, maybe uh, just looking at other guys down this list. David uh, Montgomery, my yeah, guy. I want him Can't to. Man, man, that, that you talk about another offensive line in Chicago that has a lot of question <laughs> marks. Um, I, I think Chubb is maybe my next. Maybe maybe I put him at number six. I know we've talked about him a bit in terms of you put him as your fantasy MVP for the AFC North this year. I think that. There's a great chance for that to happen. I, I even with the with the uh, number of guys they have in that backfield, I think what he's going to mean to that offense, and at least even though the teams know they're going to be running, they have the offensive line to do it. Um, so I think Chubb maybe is the other one that I'd consider to crack my tier one. But I think that five is pretty set. Even if I completely understand your McCaffrey hesitation, just because. Uh, I, again, I feel like you. I kind of like I say like, oh yeah, maybe I'll take Austin Eckler. No, I probably would take McCaffrey. I just. It's just like the you're just waiting, and every week it's just like you're yeah. nervous because you need him to be on the field. But what it could mean if he does stay on is potentially you know being the difference maker and winning the league. And at, at the end of the day, you might as well take those shots when you can. Like you said, if he's there, you're taking. Like you're, yeah. it's not a discussion. Like if, if he's there, and let's say uh, again, I'm going to use this as, and I'm trust me, you know, I'm, I'm the SEC guy here, and me knocking an SEC guy is not something <laughs> I do very often. I'm not knocking the player, I'm knocking the offense, but. It's like if he's there and Najee Harris are your two picks, like I'm taking Christian McCaffrey and I'm probably not going to think twice about it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's those decisions, of course, you have to make. And like you mentioned, I don't think beyond this tier we've talked about, like I just don't, I got trust issues with a lot of guys beyond that. Um, you know, it's wild to see Zeke down there at 16, but I mean, I just, he's not, you know, this is not Zeke of, you know, the offense is different. It's kind of, yeah, it's just not, it's not there, I think, yeah. to support any of that discussion right now. So, that's where look that's why your running backs are so valuable right like it's um there's this top tier that feels pretty set in stone beyond that i you know i've got my my questions about some of these guys uh elsewhere and i think you're you know you're banking on some yeah there's just a lot of uncertainty probably so uh yeah that's kind of the situation with the running backs all right uh wide receivers and this one is uh, interesting as well when you look at uh you know what you have to work with here um with this group and i think when you kind of look at where things stand with this you know it also looks a little bit different because we talked about kind of some of the changes uh, that have taken place in the offseason and the different locations uh that guys are in of course Devonte adams tyreek hill uh, aj brown guys like that so many changes uh, around but i think the top group's pretty pretty obvious i think um we talked about cooper cup coming off of a Unbelievable season, historic season for the Rams. Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be right there with, with Cooper Cup, I think, is your your one-two combo. Um, and then I don't remember when we did our 
our picks for the actual um, wide receiver rankings. I may have picked Stephon Diggs above Jamar Chase. I think that's how we did it. But, again, I don't think there's much of a drop-off there um, when you consider the potential. You know, but I think this is where Devontae Adams is the interesting one here to me because, like, it's our first time seeing him without Aaron Rodgers in terms of, you know, just Devontae Adams became Devontae Adams playing with Aaron Rodgers, and now he goes to Derek Carr, which, as we mentioned, I don't think it's enough love, but Mm -hmm. it is different. And I think from a fantasy standpoint, you're going to have to think about these kind of things. Um, But he's still clearly the top target there, Uh, you know, even though they they have Darren Waller and and Hunter Renfro and those guys um, to to complement everything. But, um, yeah, like this is one I I think Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Diggs, for me, are clearly the top four. Mm -hmm. I think I would, you know, whatever order you want to put them in, I think that's feels pretty, pretty set to me. Um, I think it's the discussion about that fifth guy, if, if that's your cutoff point, whether it's Devontae Adams. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, like I don't, I don't think it's Ceedee Lamb. I know he's kind of in that range. I don't think I would put him in that top tier. Um, I know Debo Samuel, someone you know we we've both been high on, and you just talk about the versatility. But I mean, again, though, right? Like there's there's unknowns with that offense in terms of um, you know we don't know what Trey Lance is going to look like in terms of. Uh, a full season and those kind of things. So, uh, I mean, I think that's it. Like, to me, it's those top four. But I'll tell you, Dylan, there's one guy down here. I don't know. You know what I'm going to oh, say. Boy. Like, um, It's A.J. Brown, man. He's down here at 10 on this list. We're looking at fantasy pros. But I, I can't – I'm telling you, I, I would not necessarily be against, like, putting him in that top tier. And I know that's, that's wild to think about. Yeah. But I just – you know, and maybe it's because I was very high on Jalen Hurts and moving him into that quarterback tier. But – I think AJ Brown could could certainly be top five here, um, but you know for now it's like if you're going to pick AJ Brown, you're going to have to kick out Devontae Adams, and that's a discussion, uh, I guess. There, so yeah, I wouldn't. I, 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 you know, we've talked about the Raiders, and I, I've mentioned a few times how I still think Devontae Adams is going to have maybe slightly less uh, targets, but not necessarily. I know they have a lot of uh, with Waller and, and Renfro in particular, but they have other good options in that offense I and obviously it's going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr but I still I mean I still think he's a ton of value I I have a tough time putting him out of the top five I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel bad at all about getting him as the fifth uh or even like the fourth uh, receiver in this group in terms of our actual list we we still listed him yeah as our number one uh actual receiver yeah. in the league right yeah. uh, we did we went Adams Cup uh Justin Jefferson Diggs and Chase as our top five so um that's pretty much I mean there's your fantasy top five also in this case <laughs> I think uh you know I really am excited to see what Justin Jefferson does. I, you know, uh, in terms of whether I put him under or over Coop, I mean, I, I don't think it's really a wrong answer. <laughs> like I think those yeah. two guys are going to put up ridiculous numbers. I, I don't think Cooper Cup's role is going to be drastically changed with Allen Robinson coming in. I don't think even if I think Allen Robinson's twenty fourth uh, receiver mark here on Fantasy Pros is a bit low for where I might. Uh, consider taking him and what I, you know, in terms of what the Rams have talked about, how they envision his role in that offense. But, um, uh, you, man, I mean, can't go wrong with really any of these top five. In terms of guys that could break in, I, I, I would put um, also mentioning, oh man, I mean, Mike Evans, like we've said, like if he stays yeah. healthy, I mean, he's still going to put up monster numbers. You mentioned AJ Brown. That's obviously a good one. Guys that are deeper down the list, I mean, you'd really have to project a, a, a come up for Mr. 
for Mr. Tagoviola for Jalen Waddle to, to go up really high. I mean, I think Tyreek at number nine feels about right um, in terms of his role. But I think, yeah, that next group, there's a lot of promising guys. It's just in terms of week to week. Uh, guys that are even deeper on the list that I like a lot, as we've talked about, Allen Robinson, but also Gabriel Davis with Buffalo in terms of what he they started tapping into down the stretch of the season. I think Rashad Bateman, when he played, his ability to separate in man-to-man coverage and uh, perform well in zone and diff- you know, kind of beat the kind of coverage as Baltimore is starting, starting to see it. And there's a reason he fit a profile that they identified. And I think if he stays on the field, he could have a pretty big year. Um, guys are deeper down this list. Even Chris Godwin at 29, man, I know he's had the injuries and he's, he's just getting been cleared recently, but I, there's some God, there's so many good receivers. It's ridiculous to think about. I think there's a chance uh, just on CD lamb. I think there's a chance he ends up as like the number three fantasy scorer. I just think it's that variance again, where, where I, I trust the other five guys. Um, I know Jamar, we t- I talked about him as my uh, AFC North uh, fantasy MVP. I think he's going to be more consistent. That's the only guy on this list, though. I mean, like pretty much Adams, Cup, Jefferson, week in, week out, and even Diggs. Those guys are going to be putting up monster numbers and feel really good about that Tier 1 group. And, you know, the Tier 2 group feel pretty good about it, too. <laughs> There's a lot of good guys in there. Hey, don't be surprised if both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both – challenging for that top yeah, tier five exactly. or six like both and they're both in the same offense so T. Higgins down there at 11 another value type guy even at 11 you're gonna be like oh he's not value he's one of the top guys but I still think that again it, it could support both of those guys uh, putting up just incredible numbers uh, there so we'll see how that plays out all right to the tight ends we'll make this one a little quicker because well let's be honest Dylan this is not a a lengthy discussion probably for the tight end group um I'm going to be honest. Like I, I look at this group and I'm just like, man, um, I think there's, we probably already said this. Like, I think there is nine tight ends. I'd be comfortable drafting beyond that. I am, I am worried of, well, actually, I, you know what? I'm going to say 10 and I'm going to save one of the guys for the, the breakout list. We yes. won't go into him as much, but I'll say there's 10 guys. I'd feel comfortable drafting. Um, beyond that, good luck. Uh, because I, I don't feel like the numbers are – I'm not saying they're not going to be there. It's just, you know, we're talking about sure things here. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, Travis Kelsey, I think he's still going to be Travis Kelsey, no matter how different the Chiefs offense looks. Without Tyreek Hill, um, Mark Andrews, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, George Kittle, I'm curious see what you think about George Kittle. Um, again, different. Uh, he's going to have a different quarterback. Um, but, actually, I think that – it may benefit actually having Trey, Lon- Trey mm-hmm. Lance there too because, um, you know, we kind of know how that, that can operate sometimes. We have a new quarterback, and tight end can be very valuable uh, in those situations. Uh, Darren Waller, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like we mentioned, Devontae Adams is there. If anything, that takes some of the pressure off of Waller. Um, you know, can still have an unbelievable chance to yeah. score a lot of points just in terms of his touchdown potential. Kyle Pitts is, is definitely in that group too. You know my thought, Dylan. I – I try to stay away from offenses that I have a ton of questions about. So forgive me if I, you know, I'm looking at fantasy pros here. He's ranked third ahead of Kittle and Waller. Just going to be honest that that's a volume thing, as we know. Um, But there's probably no chance if if those three guys are sitting there. I'm taking Kyle Pitts over any either Kittle or Waller. It's just probably not going to happen. So I think that to me is the question. It's those four guys, and if it's where do you? Where do you come down on Kyle Pitts based on the offense? But like I mentioned, that could be, too, a, a very viable thing for him. Um, just knowing that I don't think that Falcons offense has a lot of 
down the field potential necessarily. Yeah. Um, so that that may actually work in, in Kyle Pitts' favor. Then beyond that, you know, you've got a, a group of guys like Dalton Schultz, then Dawson Knox, um, you know, Hawkinson, those kind of guys. Yeah, no, not not any offense to that next group, but I think maybe of these ones we've gone through, there's no more clear defined cutoff for me of the tier one yeah. than this than the tight ends, the five that you mentioned, Kelsey. Andrews, uh, Kittle, Waller, and Pitts in some order. Uh, with Kelsey and Andrews clearly, in my opinion, the top one, two, and then after that, you could debate the three, four, five. But I, I think Schultz has a chance to be really good. I think Goddard's been great. Hawkinson, Ertz. I mean, there's there's a good group of players in there. But I I just their value. Like I would, you can wait and get a guy like those guys a bit deeper in the draft. I would say, in terms of like draft strategy for this, uh, Kelsey and Andrews, they're going to go early for a reason. If you want one. I and blame you those guys are just ridiculous they're going to put up crazy usage I, in terms of what you just said though about Pitts, he's he's ranked 30th overall here on fantasy Ooh. pros compared to like kittle at 41 and then you're getting waller at 51 i mean i would wait i would take that neck that last get your fourth uh you know yeah. combination of receiver running back maybe and then then look at waller or kittle if you can get them um i i've t- you know obviously even with Devonte adams there's only so many uh, touches to go around, but the, the Raiders are going to throw the ball a lot. I, I really do feel strongly in what, uh, how tight ends have been utilized. Obviously, having the greatest tight end of all time in Gronk um, and New England helped a lot. But um, in terms of how Josh McDaniels wants to use tight ends, I think it just opens up so much for Waller, especially in the red zone. I think there's a chance he ends up as, you know, maybe next season where like Kelsey Andrews and Waller are easily the top three um, in terms of fantasy out uh in terms of fantasy performance like you mentioned with Kyle Pitts I mean the it's just that uncertainty like he could go off and be the best tight end scoring total or it could be inconsistent I think he definitely from all accounts going into his second year more polished seems like he's ready to to have a huge role I just in terms of what the other four guys can do I just feel better about them Kittle is an interesting one like you said I I have a hard time not thinking about the amount of plays where he's just completely loses his man and then jimmy overthrows him <laughs> there's a few of those uh not to be, take too many shots at jimmy but like uh i think he's going to be uh, a best friend for trey lance in terms of a qb's best yeah. friend of getting open over the middle of the field providing those uh you know just a safety net at certain times his compete on, on contested catch uh spots and everything he does as a blocker to set up plays and with Kyle Shanahan we it leaks out guys we know how open some guys end up in that offense I I think that Kittle still has a ton of value and as you mentioned like going from Jimmy G to him I, I you know there is a lot of uncertainty and I know with the Niners offense I still trust Kyle Shanahan I still think Trey Lance even if he maybe is probably going to be inconsistent at times I think that tight ends position is one where he's going to be going to quite a bit. And they have, uh, you know, with Trey Lance's ability, it does open up some things deeper down the field. And Kittle, he, I mean, he's the, you know, there was a point when it was like before Andrews really took off in terms of this into the top number two, one, two spot with Kelsey. I mean, it was like Kittle and Kelsey were just like putting up ridiculous numbers. Think of when Kittle, uh, I think the year before Kelsey set the tight end receiving record, Kittle said it, the Niners weren't that good that year in 2018. Um, I mean, this man, for all he does as a blocker, he's just a ridiculous receiver too. Um, I I still think there's going to be a lot of value for him. I might go though if I had to like list it out where I would draft them, even if I 
I think that Pitts, I understand why he's higher in terms of his potential, but I would feel better about sitting a bit later to take Waller in particular. I'd go probably go Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Kittle, Pitts as my five. Um, yeah. And I just don't know if I see a guy outside that group. Like, that. yeah, it's if injuries especially, and that, that goes for every position. But, like, uh, barring injury, I have a hard time seeing too many guys on the next tier, like, really breaking past them. I mean, maybe joining them in that group. Uh uh, boy, I, don't, I mean, maybe Hawkinson or, or Schultz. I I don't know. I, I, I still have high hopes for what Gusecki can do, but I wouldn't say it. Maybe he goes from Tier 3 to Tier 2 on how Fantasy Pros has this breaking, broken down uh, with what I think he can do in, in, the, in Mike McDaniel offense. I think tight ends are such a big part of what he's always done, and obviously with Kittle with him before. So I think Gusecki has a chance to rise up. But, man, I, yeah, I, as I said at the top of this, I think that cutoff of the top five for tight ends is – the most clear cutoff of a tier one of any of the position groups. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we'll see. Again, I think there'll be, there'll be one guy I'll have in the, the breakout list, uh, yeah. the tight end group, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a position that's, um, I think lacks a lot of huge upside, uh, outside of that, that top tier that we talked about. I think Kelsey Andrews, Waller, Kittle, probably the only four that I would really, and I'd say pay up, but like those are the four that I mm-hmm. would, go out on a limb for and i mentioned my hesitations with Pitt, so we'll see how it plays out there all right to our breakouts list and i think dylan if i go back to the quarterbacks here i've kind of already mentioned um one of the guys here and you and you mentioned him as well i think trevor lawrence is a guy that's kind of a no-brainer to put on this mm-hmm. list to me um i think having a you know a new head coach and just a revamped offense uh, i'm not saying it'll be a you know a ton better but it has to be better by default i think um so I think I would put him on that list of breakout candidates just because, you know, he's down there. We're looking at it in terms of quarterbacks, uh, 18 on fantasy pros right now. I think he's a, he's a nice choice um, from that group. You know, beyond that, the quarterback position, I mean, I'm looking at like in terms of like fantasy breakout numbers. I assume you could put Derek Carr in there, but I like he's not a, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's not a breakout in terms of, um, maybe we're just talking from a fantasy perspective, given everything exactly. we talked about with the Raiders. Um, so, so maybe I, I, I'd go with those two. You know, some of the other names that have been mentioned, Tua and Justin Fields. I just, I don't think I can do it, man. I, I'm not <laughs> fully there yet on either one in their situations. Um, yeah, so I, I think I would, if I had to pick a couple quarterbacks, I'd go Trevor Lawrence and, and Derek Carr. We can put them in that category. Yeah, I think Lawrence is probably my the leading one. I really do think even if the Jags are still kind of middle of the road, that he's going to have, or even below middle of the road potentially, I still think that he's going to have some better numbers. Um, he the, One of the big things uh, from listening to different podcasts and shows and reading all you know preparing for the season a lot of one of the big things about uh takeaways from lawrence's tape last season is that even though he's throwing picks even though sometimes guys weren't open he was not afraid to try high level throws um not it wasn't it wasn't just taking you know maybe needs to take a few more layups but at the same time had the ability to make those pocket uh, uh, deep shots down the field and into small windows i mean the guy is able to hit up the seams really well he did that very well at clemson i think his ability is what makes you feel like with an inf- inf- uh, infusion of talent, the new coaching staff, everything's coming together for him to have, you know, beyond an 18th place fantasy performance at, at quarterback. I think he's going to be much better than that um, in terms of break- and breaking out. I feel pretty good about um, taking him and feeling like you can 
uh, he's going to outperform that ADP for sure. Um, other guys, yeah, like you said, it's tough to say quarterback-wise breakout because like Fields, for example, man, I, we've talked about the offensive line there. We've talked about the, the lack of weapons that they've added. It just doesn't feel like the same things that we've seen in successful uh, regimes in terms of helping guys develop. And uh, you know, it really wasn't t- year three for Josh Allen, for example, that he really took off. Even year two, though, he started to with a lot better weapons. He worked on things himself, obviously, individually to get to where he uh, was at that point and obviously now as a super superstar quarterback. But I don't, I just don't know with what fields and even like other situations and other teams, like at least the Jets are putting, even if I don't really believe Zach Wilson is going to put up insane numbers or anything, obviously, depending on his injury situation is part of that. Um, but I, I, at least the Jets have They've really invested in that offensive line. They've added a lot of weapons. Um, I just don't feel like at this point for the Bears, you can't really say that yet. And I think their defense will be fine. But in terms of fantasy for Fields, I just don't know if there's enough guys around him to put him in a situation to succeed. So, yeah, we've mentioned Wilson. I think another one was Zach Wilson that could outperform his ADP because of that very reason. Um, he did it when he came back from injury at the latter half of his uh, last season. He didn't throw nearly as many picks. Uh, was I, I think it really did help him being injured, watching at least for a couple weeks before everyone figured out Mike White couldn't throw too far down the field. But Mike White was, had, a, had a really good game, I think, against the Bengals where he was taking all the checkdowns and the, the, all the plays that Zach Wilson was not making because he was trying to just force everything. Um, trying to be a hero on every play and it works sometimes but a lot of times it didn't I think that really helped him I think that development and the time to learn uh, these kind of things I think he uh, did run some more pro concepts and maybe you would expect with a, a college guy at BYU but um, I think maybe he's uh, a long he's more of like a long shot uh, breakout yeah. maybe he's more of a sleeper category for me um, I think like you said Trevor Lawrence is really the one that stands out here i guess if you wanted to be overly opt if you're like the mike mcdaniel fan club number one member maybe you think Tua is gonna uh really take off i just i I think lawrence is for sure the one guy that sticks out for me here yeah i think so too so i I would lock him in as your breakout pick uh in the the quarterback uh, position i did mention if you go back to our nfc's preview daniel jones but keep in mind that was being the optimistic of optimistic people um and saying that uh, new offense, perhaps something there, but uh, I would not. What do you think about Trey numbers. Lance? I actually almost didn't even <laughs> see him because he's so high up on this yeah, on this list that he I is was very high on this list. <laughs> he's almost in the top ten. Yeah, um, that's why I think I looked at him and was like, yeah, I don't know if that's breakout, but I mean, I think obviously you'd have to put him in the group if he. I I would not like. I think at this point, I I just would not. I don't. I don't think I would. Now look, see that's the thing to me, right? Like he's at eleven. Aaron Rodgers at thirteen. If I'm if I'm sitting there and there's five seconds counting down in my draft and I know I've got five seconds to make a decision, like I think about that. These are kind of like positions mm-hmm. I put myself in. Who would yeah. I pick in that position? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's a no-brainer to me. Like I would pick Aaron Rodgers just based off of I, I feel like he is probably the best choice and the safer choice. Safer, yeah. Um, but you know, and to me that's the thing. It's like a lot of this will depend on your roster construction by the time you make your quarterback pick. <laughs> Like and I think that's what it comes down to is do you, do you need a safe pick or if your has your roster just gone off the rails and it's like all right uh, I need a I need something safe uh, I need a Rogers to yeah. give me guaranteed mm-hmm. points or do I have the best fantasy roster through four rounds that's ever been assembled and can take I can take a chance mm-hmm. on on a high upside Trey Lance um, then I think it's just it's that but I I don't know I just that 49ers offense you just talked about it I. I do have trust in Kyle Shanahan, but also know that um, you know that they may run the ball sixty it's, times. He may be part of that. But, yeah, 
Um, still, I I don't know. I'm just rookie quarterbacks sometimes. I know. I'm just not. <laughs> I just yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's hard to go that route. But look, he I think he belongs in that discussion for sure. Uh, but but you know. I'm just not there yet. Um, I think he's so. one of the most intriguing guys of the whole season, just in general, because of like yeah. the range of outcomes that are possible. <laughs> um, I, I really like. I, I forget. I think it might have been Bill Barnwell from ESPN that said he even like thinks he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Like oh, in terms goodness. of like what could be possible in um, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Some of the things that are opened up that just weren't utilized with Jimmy Rock Garoppolo. I mentioned the deep ball is a big thing and. Uh, they have talented players. I, I think the, how she's going to be able to scheme things open for him, and I, I, you know the Brandon Ayuk uh, hype. You know yeah. was really big last year. It's probably even higher right now. You can mention him as a breakout guy if we transition to like receivers soon. But um, man, I I don't. Yeah, I think he. I I want to at least. Cons- I didn't want to like go past the breakout area and not mention Trey because I think there's a world where. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP candidate, but man, like in Kyle Shanahan's offense with those weapons that they do have, there's a chance he, if he, yeah. you know, over the course of the year, maybe gets more consistent. I still think he could be a really valuable fantasy uh, player, but like you said, it's that certainty thing, and it's how much trust do you have, and it's the risk factor. He's also gotten banged up quite a bit um, over the course of his yeah. really brief NFL career going into year two, so um, that's something to consider also. But I, I just didn't want to pass this area and be like, man look back and be like, we didn't even talk about this guy who's like QB6 or something in fantasy. <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen. He's going to be my quarterback this year. I'm going to draft him. Um, this, is, this is how it always turns out. So we'll, we'll report back on Trey Lance soon enough. Um, all right, this is where things get tricky, and I'm being tricky by there's a lot of ways you could go, um, you know, at the running back position. I mean, man, where do you start? I, I was – I was half kidding about Dave Montgomery. You know, I, I talked about him last year. I thought he was, you know, kind of, but it's it's still the Bears, and I just I don't know. They you know they have other options too. Khalil Herbert's there, um, so I don't know if I'd put him in that group this year necessarily. Are we going to go back to the Jags here? Like I don't I don't know. Like I mean, it's just it sounds like we're all in on the Jags, and we haven't even done our FC South division preview yet. But I think it's looking at the potential. Um, I'm going to Travis Etienne there and, and what he could do. I mean, I I think I would put him in the discussion, to be honest with you. Because, uh, again, if, if we're projecting that Lawrence is going to have a better season, um, yep. we know that that will involve some receiving, too, here. I think he'll he'll have some opportunities. So I, I think I'm going to put him on my list. I think I'd put him in that discussion. I know where you're going. You're going to New York for – um, Hall, who we've already—I yeah. don't remember—he was your breakout pick, I think, mm-hmm. for, for the AFC East. Um, so I think Brees Hall makes a lot of sense there too. I'm looking to see if there's anybody else that's way down that list somewhere that um, you know you could maybe put in that conversation. Again, barring injuries, I think a lot of these are are just kind of injury guys that that may just jump up and explode for huge seasons. I, I don't—I'm trying to look. Like, I mean, there are some. There's certainly some other guys there, but I think those are the two that I would probably you mentioned Hall before, and I think I'd I'd agree on that. Um, I think those are probably the two I would I would put at the top of the group. Yeah, it's hard to say like breakout because there's guys that have had like I'm looking at guys yeah. down this list that have had solid fantasy years, but I guess it would still be defined as a breakout if they went from like being a good running back to a great fantasy running back. It's I like think Javante Williams. Yep. I'm like mm-hmm. you know. Is he, I don't know, like how do we, I mean, sure, I guess he could be considered a breakout if he finishes like in the top five and he's projected like top 15, but 
I don't know if you know if that's your true cat. I don't know exactly. Uh, how to yeah, that, I, guess. I look at like guys in New England. I just it's tough to say Damian Harris or uh, Ramondre Stevenson who both had really solid roles. It's just always the case with New England, right? Where it's that running back by committee. It's a really tough thing as a fantasy yeah. owner to not know week in week out who's going to be the featured back. Um, Seattle with Rashad Penny pretty far down this list. I think their offensive line is going to be pretty solid. Even you could throw Kenneth Walker. Uh, they're going to have to run the ball a decent amount. Maybe those guys put up some really solid years. Um, like you said, though, I think Brees Hall is the one that I, I felt the best about going in in terms of like breakout in this like outside of the top that little uh, top like 10, 11, 12, 15 group. I think that his role in that the offense quickly is going to evolve, and maybe it, maybe it does take a second, but it just he has he's so pro ready what he's going to what he provides for that team, and is going to provide for them quickly. Um, it's just another element, another weapon for Zach Wilson, another guy you can check down to. They'll have some design plays for him. I think his explosiveness and his ability to to home run speed, but also just carry to carry. Take, getting those extra two yards, I think he has that capability, has that build. I think he could quickly become a really good running back. Um, maybe I'm just overly high on him as a, maybe with the, it's still the Jets, <laughs> so I have to remember that. Um, it's not as good of a situation as a lot of guys go into, but again, that interior of that Jets, we talked about that on the AFC episode, the interior of the Jets offensive line with Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, Connor McGovern, um, and I'm blanking on the guard they just brought in. Was it Lincoln Tomlinson? I think so. They, I mean, they have a they have a gr- really strong interior there that I think he could have a big season. I'm still on still on the J.K. Dobbins fan club train, even if uh, you know he's, he struggled obviously with injuries basically all of last year. And it's like uh, I just if he's on the field, I do think he can be a really big performer. So maybe those are some guys I'd consider. Uh, you uh, uh, with. Um, David Montgomery. I just it feels like we're talking about like the art running back version of Allen Robinson. <laughs> like it's like the same yeah, kind of thing where I I want to I think him himself has the capability of being in that top making being a breakout fantasy star. I just don't I don't know what that offensive line right now, man. I I would love to see it. He's really good, but it's just I think that maybe Dobbins and, and Hall, even with it being the Jets with Hall, uh, with the guys they have in the offensive line there, I think those guys maybe have a better chance if they stay healthy to have put up really big seasons. What about Cam Akers? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people throw him around. I mean, we got we got to think of like what his situation was last year mm-hmm. when he comes. I mean, he's come, come on, like this guy's coming back in record time. It seemed like. Yep. Um, I think he's an interesting one, although we know the past is still. I mean, you know. Cooper Cup and Robinson and those guys, but I think there's a place for him, maybe. But again, I, when we talk about breakout, like he's what probably a top twenty running back uh, in terms of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't, I don't necessarily see him cracking like the top ten or anything. So it's like I don't know how big that jump would be. For I, him yeah, I don't stuff, know if I'd so. take. I, I obviously taking my bias out with the Rams and not even really thinking about that in this moment for fantasy, like. I would take guys right behind him in this on this tier list with yeah. Hall, Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell. Even I think maybe he's one that we mentioned. If uh, <laughs> he's uh, right now, from everything I've read from the Niner beat reporters, he's going to be the number one running back. It's not going to be necessarily like even other guys that are for sure going to take a ton of carries from. It. Like he's going to be the featured back, and then uh, you're Kyle Shanahan's featured back. You probably have a good yeah. chance to succeed. So I think maybe he's one that we can mention as the breakout with Cam. The thing is, like Daryl Henderson's still going to get even if fantasy wise you're not going to trust Daryl. Like he's still going to get a lot of carries. There's still going to be games where he's going to be the number one guy. Um, I you know Cam, like you said, with it, coming back from the injury. A lot of the advanced stats were brutal on him when he did come back um, in terms of expected yards 
um, above uh, what uh, an average running back would have gotten. He was like negative. He was like the worst running back in a lot of different stats in the playoffs in terms of what he was able to do. He's even been very vocal about that himself in terms of how he felt um, he didn't perform to his best. But like you said, might be a completely different guy we're getting uh, this year than we did last year after that coming back from Achilles tear that that fast is ridiculous um, so I, I think he he's an interesting one because from the Rams if they really have everything they want working right the running back still is going to be a big part of it it's not it's not like they wanted to uh, in the Super Bowl they wanted to run the ball they tried and then they finally gave up and still gave up in the nick of time to be able to win that game uh, Sean it's still he still comes from the Shanahan tree he still wants to run the football still wants it to be a big part of it so yeah there's a world where Cam has a really big year um i would say like in terms of the offensive line like brian allen's been solid but he's not necessarily the best center um run blocking wise uh and even pass blocking you you, you're replacing austin corbett with probably coleman shelton at this point um at one of the guard positions david edwards is solid still feel good about rod rob havenstein you no longer have whitworth even if you know even at his age he was putting up ridiculous numbers i think joe nopum will be solid but um I just have some questions maybe of the interior of that offensive line a bit, but um, I still think that, yeah, Cam's still going to have a solid season. I just, I, I'll, I'll, I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than predict um, that he's going to be a top fantasy guy at this point. All right, wide receiver. Boy, this is a, there's a lot to choose from here. Um, all right, I'm going to start with my couple guys that I, I feel pretty confident about, and you know I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis. Yep. The Bills, he mm-hmm. was my breakout pick when we did our AFC East. Um, just what a incredible finish last season. And seemed to be a lot of raving about him uh, going into the season. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that one, playing this top fantasy quarterback and Josh Allen. So I, I like that combination. Beyond that, um, I think I would still – I mean, look, I, I would still go with St. Brown and with the Lions. Like, I think yep. that – even with the quarterback situation, you know, I, I still there. There, we always say like when we talk about like volume and those kind of things. I mean, Lions are probably going to be throwing the ball, so um, I think he was another one that, that I I really liked the potential there. Um, you know, you could go pretty deep down this list to like a Christian Watson, who is, I mean, that's a I don't even know where he's at um, on the, the list. I'm looking down. He's like in the seventies. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about a guy who could outperform that kind of value, I suppose that he would have to be on that group. One thing I'm debating here, Dylan, is do I want to go with any of these Chiefs wide receivers? And mainly that's Juju Smith-Schuster because he is playing with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think I would put him on there just because, again, even at their best in Pittsburgh, I mean, Roethlisberger was not Mahomes in terms of where he was at at that stage of his career. So I think I'll put Juju on here as sort of the last chance. If you can't succeed in this offense with Patrick Mahomes, uh, and really have a, a huge, huge year, even though, again, he may have already been a breakout kind of guy. I think it's a new situation. I'd put him in that group. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else that has him. I mean, again, there's so many other guys. That, yeah, uh, there's you know, guys we, we, deep. We could, that... I mean, we could go with, a, a you know, there are all kinds of guys here. Traylon Burks, if he, he steps up. Um, you got a bunch of rookies, as we know. Potential. Um yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot of guys in this group. There was someone else I was thinking of that I saw on this list. Something to consider here, Chris Godwin, yeah. I think it's worth noting. Um, right now, I think like his – I mean, it's his ADP right now is what? I mean, it's 
because he's coming off the injury. We don't know exactly yet. Receiver thirty on here. Yeah, I mean that's, that's <laughs> you're talking about a guy that if he is back at full strength, which we don't know. I mean, look, that's a significant injury that he suffered. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's a top ten wide receiver easily if he's in that offense um, and everything's all good. So that's something else. Like I would put in the back of my head again. Chris Godwin is not a breakout player. Yeah, but. If you're talking about the numbers and and where you're going to find value in a breakout spot, I mean, my goodness, if he's there and let's say you know you go into your draft and who for some reason everyone's just kind of like oh they just forgot about Chris Godwin being so far down because of the injury situation, I think I'm taking a flyer on that every day of the week um, as a potential you know top ten wide receiver this season. Yeah, I think that that's crazy for Godwin. Maybe he's being slept on a bit. Maybe he categ- uh, I know in our next episode we'll go over sleepers. So I, I just was like, oh man, I'm probably already even talking about guys that will be on the sleeper <laughs> yeah. list because well. maybe they're maybe they're at least when you get deeper. So maybe I won't go down. There's some names that I, I want to look at in that in that range that you mentioned with Christian Watson. There's a few other guys down there that I think could have pretty huge uh, fantasy seasons given their ADPs. But um, I think yeah, in terms of Godwin, I mean yeah that. I, as long as he's healthy, that is, it's crazy to me that he's that far down the list. Um, I, you know, you do look at the list above him. You're like, who, all right, who are you taking out? I mean, there's a few guys I would think of. I don't want to single any of these players out too far, but um, staying positive about this, I, yeah, maybe with my bias a bit in play, I think Allen Robinson could have that kind of huge fantasy season. How much, how they have talked about how they plan to utilize him, his ability in contested catch situations, how they envision him in the red zone. I mean, it just sounds like. He's going to be such a big part of what this team does, almost kind of a mix of some of the things they use, uh, you know, you think of maybe as a bit bigger receiver, but they still see him maybe fitting well into what Robert Woods did a lot of the time there, also adding a more of a, a deep element and doing some of the things that Odell did. I mean, it's just they, they really do feel like he's, and the way they've talked about the chemistry that's grown and how he's really taken to the offense, I think there's a chance that he becomes a clear-cut uh top fantasy star um at the receiver position it's just only so many uh receptions go around when you have a guy like cooper cup so in terms of like number one guys we already mentioned bateman i I mean i think that he has a chance to have a really big fantasy season if he stays on the field you mentioned juju i think that was one of the the best ones to bring up in terms of you only touched on him talking about the steelers with him leaving we haven't done our chiefs preview but uh, going to those Matt Harmon uh, receiver stats that we talked about in some of the previous episodes where Juju is just one of the still in terms of where he ranks and his ability to create space and be separate against his own defense against basically the defenses the Chiefs are started seeing a lot more of a team sitting back and taking away the crossing routes and different things like Juju basically fit exactly how teams have countered with his skill set uh, to, to defend um, uh, the Patrick Mahomes. And then, you know, obviously with any of the Steeler receivers as we talked about in that episode, we were talking about, you know, just it's hard to really know exactly what these guys are capable of when Big Ben really his average uh, uh, ADOT, how throw average he was throwing down the field per per uh, target. I mean, he really was not throwing deep down the field. And I, I think Juju's a, a really good one. I, we mentioned on our my breakout player for the NFC North, I believe I said, Amon Ross A. Brown from the Lions. So, we're touching on all these guys. I still think Ayuk, really good one there. Um, yeah. There's a chance that he f- puts it all together. It sounds like he is, and it sounds like Kyle Shanahan really feels like he's starting to, to realize his potential. Um, still in this range with the Packers, I think Lazard has that um, has a chance to put up some better fantasy numbers in terms of what they envisioned for him with the power, or uh, I forget the exact name that they are using now for these 
bigger slot receivers as a power slot or something like that. But in terms of how Matt LaFleur envisions a role that is, is going to still be involved with blocking, it's still going to be um, some of the things that uh, aren't going to give you fantasy stats. But I think there's a chance with, with Devontae gone, with there are some promising young guys for the Packers, and I'll probably talk about them on the sleepers list. But um, I think there's a chance that Alan Lazard, uh, it, it's kind of that thing where you know, if you're a top-tier quarterback fantasy, someone has to be getting those receptions. Um, I really do think that Lazard could drastically outplay his position down on this list. Um, rookie Flyers, I think Chris Olave with New Orleans has a chance in their offense, even with Michael Thomas. And talking about another guy, interest, an intriguing player to watch, Michael Thomas, yeah. now coming back for the Saints. Um, I think Olave, in terms of how his skill set can match Jameis Winston and as a deep threat, and how they would how they've used some receivers in their New Orleans in the past. Obviously, no Sean Payton anymore, but I think he's he's getting borderline for our sleeper position. But I I think there's a chance that if uh, you know in terms of you wouldn't say like Jamar Chase was a sleeper after the season he went up. Maybe there's not as much hype around these guys um, and Jamar and Justin Jefferson. The last two years have obviously put up historic rookie seasons, setting the receiving record back-to-back seasons. Um, but I think Olave maybe is one guy I'm looking at here um, that has a chance to put up huge numbers. Yeah, another guy, that, as you said, I think you kind of look at the situation and the potential is certainly there. And um, I will – there's another guy I found on my list, but I'll save him for the sleepers, which, oh, again, I know kind of – there's probably a couple more guys I'll mention that we already mentioned uh, in the mm-hmm. sleeper group, but um, there's a lot to choose from in this category. So that will be the focus of our next episode. But there you go. There's a look at uh, kind of our tiers for the top four positions uh, in the uh, the offensive category there, fantasy football, and uh, also our potential breakout candidates. And as we said, our, our part two, look at the sleepers, ADP values, those kind of things. Um, we'll also kind of make our picks, uh, the one we always enjoy, Dylan, uh, the one player we're going to regret drafting and not drafting. That's always oh, a, boy. a fun discussion. Um, <laughs> and, yes, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, But for now, lots of fantasy stuff going up over at Clutch Points and uh, lots of stuff happening over there, Dylan, is uh, preseason in full swing. And let everybody know we can find all that. Yeah, tons of coverage of all the preseason games in the NFL section of the Clutch Points app and in, uh, of the website at, NFL, or at clutchpoints.com. Click on the NFL there. All of our content there, tons of, like you were mentioning, but a lot of the same things we're talking about here, but flushed out um, with long uh, features on different positional rankings, looking at underrated, overrated ADP guys, the breakouts, the sleepers at, at every single position. So a lot of stuff we're talking about. Those articles will be coming up pretty shortly on clutchpoints.com. Uh, you can search fantasy football on the site. We do have a fantasy hub that's uh, up there, and soon we'll have more of the content uh, populating in there as well. So yeah, lots of lots of fantasy stuff. It is that that great time of the year, under a month until the season starts now. So it is time. If you have not, if you've been slacking on your fantasy homework, now is the time to to get reading. <laughs> yeah, get reading, and uh, as always, do not put a lot of stock in the preseason games. Yes. Um, be sure to not do that. Uh, anyway, yeah, check everything out at Clutch Points. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Stabs Pass. Uh, and thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the Stabbers Fast Podcast.